This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Let me tell you about Grip6 and all the stuff that they have. Uh, great socks, great belts, great wallets. This is an American company, uh, and they're the type of people that they do business the right way. They're a small business in Utah. They sell high-quality, made-in-the-USA belts that look great. They function well. They last longer than any belt you've ever worn. And they are customizable. They can really be, uh, you know, they're stylish. They just do everything the best way possible. And that's what Grip6 has been doing for a while now. Uh, they're, they're people who uh, care about the country, support the country, and make all their products here, source everything from inside the United States, which is pretty hard to do these days. If you, if you know anyone who's ever been involved in a company that, uh, that might make clothing or uh, you know accessories like this, it's hard to do in the United States. Grip6 is committed to it, and everything they have is guaranteed for life. Uh, if that doesn't tell you what, that you're dealing with a solid American company, nothing will. Uh, do yourself a favor today. Shop American. Grip6 is a, as American as it gets, and they've got a great deal going on right now. Check it out at grip6.com slash stew. Grip6.com slash stew. It's grip6.com slash stew. Radio show starts here in just five seconds. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. So the government and governments around the world are now starting to warn against hoarding, telling people not to hoard food. Gee, yet they're hoarding uh, the supplies, the emergency food supplies all over the world. Uh, Governments are buying up as much food as they can. What is it that they know that you don't know? Well, um, the answer will be nothing. If you hear this hour of the broadcast, we begin in 60 seconds. Ramon wrote in about his wife's experience with Relief Factor. He said, I ordered Relief Factor for my wife. And all I can say is it really does work. In fact, I think it works better than advertised. My wife's pain level has dropped off dramatically she's not only able to get around the house more easily but her pain level is so much more manageable now thank you thank you for this product ramon thank you if you're dealing with pain or you know somebody who's dealing in in pain please please 
just try the three-week quick start. It may work for you. It works for about 70% of the people who try it, or at least they go on to order more after the trial period, month after month. Why would you do that unless it works? Why would you hesitate? I know, because you're hearing it on the radio in some blabber mouth, and you think, that can't work. I've taken it. I've been taking it three times a day now for about three years. It changed my life. ReliefFactor.com. ReliefFactor.com. Call 800-4-RELIEF. 800, the number 4, RELIEF. Or ReliefFactor.com. Feel the difference. All right, I want to talk to you about a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I want to, I want to build this case uh, with you. Uh, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm doing and what I think you should do as, uh, as well. Um, well, I was going to do it, and then I decided not to because I have to. I've had so many boating accidents lately, still. So many boating accidents. You, really, I, just as a friend, <sighs> do, do, not, do not think you should boat anymore. I don't think so either. Because you can't seem to keep these things afloat. I know. What are you making them out of? I know, cement? and I'm uh, like, latest is food storage. Mm. Gone. Gone. It's down on the bottom of the lake. Did you think about maybe getting a submarine going down there no, or getting your I guns? Can't do it. It's and, too deep. Too deep. Anyway. Mm. Uh, so I'll give you some solutions here to this, but I want you to listen carefully and, um, and check all these numbers yourself, if you care to. Um, first, you have a problem with inflation. We all know that. We all can feel it. We can see it. It wasn't caused by Russia. It is caused by the Federal Reserve. It is caused by spending too much money and printing even more. I say it's caused by the Federal Reserve. They didn't spend the money. Yes, we have a debt now of $30 trillion that if interest rates go up to about 5 or 6%, we will not be able to afford anything but the interest on that debt. Okay? Now, uh, we know that's happening. The Federal Reserve also has printed and given the banks untold trillions of dollars we know that they gave 30 trillion dollars to the bank uh by uh, to the banks by uh 2010 that news has just been released due to a foia request we have no idea what they've done in the last two years can i just add to your point on interest here glenn yeah uh this is according to brian Riedel over at the manhattan institute for every point that interest rates go up just a point that adds 30 trillion dollars to the debt over the next, I think it's 30 years, which is the same amount that we would spend in that period on defense. So every single point interest rates go up, we owe another $30 trillion. At, like we're adding an entire new U.S. military every single time one of these things goes up one point. So we just, or, we just uh, raised the interest rates, the Fed did, by a quarter point and said five to seven more hikes are coming oh gosh okay all right so let's just talk about real stuff here for a second um i wanted to show you what the price of things were what the price of things are and what the price of things will be um by by election day 2024 okay we must turn this around but our, but our government and our Fed and our administration are incapable of taking the right steps. This is just inflation. The numbers I'm going to give you, just inflation. This doesn't 
include extra regulation or shortages or anything else. This is just because the value of your dollar is going down. Prices aren't going up. The value of your dollar is going down. Now, I used not 7.9% CPI to project into the future. I used shadow stats. The reason why I did this is because everybody is comparing this to the days of Jimmy Carter. No, it's worse than the days of Jimmy Carter. I'm using the shadow stats because this is the way the government calculated inflation in 1980. They changed that calculation because it was looking bad for the United States government and the Fed. So they changed it. Um, But if we look and measure the same things the same way, we'll get the inflation rate that is 15.5%, not 7.9%. So this is from shadow stats. That's how we calculated these. Um, I've made some charts, but I'll read them off in case you happen to be watching the blaze. You'll see the charts. Uh, If not, let me just tell you where we're going to start. And that is with hamburgers. When Biden was elected, um, when Biden was elected, a hamburger was four dollars and 40 cents. Today, I think you guys are working on the wrong you're working on the wrong uh, end of the, that's the last slide. Look for hamburger. Uh, when Biden was elected, it was $4.40. Today, it's $6.01. Jeez. 2024, November, the time the next election, just with inflation. That's it. No food short, nothing. Just due to inflation, are you better off than you were four years ago? Hamburger was $4.40. A hamburger will be $7.95. Wow. When Biden was elected, this is just due to inflation. When Biden was elected, gas was $2.18. Today, it's $4.41. November 24th, with no no shortages, no war, nothing, just from inflation, 583. When Biden was elected, milk was $3.24. Today it's 389. Just through inflation in November 2024, the price of Biden milk will be $5.15. I got news for you. I don't care what the price is. I'm not drink, drinking Biden milk. <laughs> that just sounds uh, really icky. It does. It does. Uh, you're not the one milking it either. Uh, <laughs> you when, can milk anything with a nipple. When <laughs> Biden was elected, the price of a light bulb was $1.57. Today, it's two fifty-five. A price of a light bulb when the president election, the presidential election in 2024 is happening will be 337. When Biden was elected, eggs a dozen, dollar 45, today 235. November 24, 311. When Biden was elected, dollar 50 for for bread. Today it's a dollar 67. November 2024 projection 221. That number is going to be wildly different, and you'll understand why here in a minute. When Biden was elected, just because of inflation, houses were 358, 700. Today they're 414, 123. November 24 projection, 
$547,885. That's the average home. When Biden was elected, $22,951 was the price of a car. Today, it's 30603 if you can get one. <laughs> just just through um, just through inflation, that number will jump from 30 to 40,488. Just some quick personal news here, Glenn. Uh, I celebrated this weekend my seven-month anniversary oh, of ordering my car. Yes, thank yes. you. It's still not here. Yeah. They haven't even taken the order yeah. yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they haven't pulled the order yet, it's but great. seven months in, I'm it's doing great. well. Have mm-hmm. you thought about a horse? <laughs> um, okay, now let me give you something else. Now, these are these are just... Uh, projections and you can find we're going to publish all of this you can find uh how we made these project projections but they are just projections these numbers can change dramatically but we wanted to add in the geopolitical instability factor so we know about wheat and i've got something i've got to share with you here in a minute (laughs) Uh, we know about wheat but we are kind of we're being, I think, very conservative on some of these numbers. A hamburger, the price I just told you, add 25% if things continue to go geopolitically as they are. Gas, if things continue, the instability factor, you'll need to add 30% to that gallon of gas. 15% added for milk, 5% for light bulbs, 15% for chicken. I don't think there are, sorry, for eggs. I don't think that's high enough. You'll understand why here in a minute. Bread up 30%, housing down 25%, and cars down by 25%. Uh, I agree with the housing, not necessarily so with uh, the projection of the cars but i left this to the experts and our team to put together the numbers um now i'm going to take a one minute break and then i'm going to tell you the truth that no one is willing to talk about about what's really going on with food and why you need to begin to prepare right now First, let me tell you about one thing that every house should have. The Tuttle Twins Library. The Tuttle Twins books. They can, um, they can teach your kids, you know, um, you know uh, why the free market works. Why things are the way they are. Why things that people are preaching about now won't work. Show them, show them the way towards a safer future. Show them why the free market works. Show them why big government doesn't work. And use the, the lessons that our founders used. Use the books that our founders used. They're hard to read, but not if you get the Tuttle Twins books. Because the Tuttle Twins books, they make it really simple for your six-year-old, seven-year-old, 
your teenagers. They have another set for teenagers, young adults. Um, and quite honestly, they're easy for you to understand as well. They're so clear. Tuttle Twins are offering bonuses right now. If you order today, go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Get a 35% discount plus the bonuses at TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Keep your kids sane in a crazy, crazy world. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Don't wait. Do it today. 10 seconds station ID. Have you ever listened to the podcast All In? Yes. Okay. Really good. Mm -hmm. Really, really bright guys. Generally speaking, uh, more independent now, but they've all been Democrats, staunch Democrats, Mm -hmm. I think, except maybe one of them. Um, And they're all experts uh, in different fields and all friends. David Friedberg is one of them. And I was listening to the the podcast. and they asked David a question. Now, David used to work for Monsanto, um, and uh, he doesn't work there anymore. But he believes in you know Monsanto and you know blah blah blah. Think GMOs and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. If you're against GMOs, don't dismiss him because I, I got my facts from him on the stats. But uh, we're not talking GMOs. We're just talking about looking at the market and what is really happening. So when you're looking at food, understand that 15% of all global calories come from wheat and rice. 25%. I'm sorry, 15%. One third of all of our wheat comes from Russia and Ukraine. We're supposed to be planting crops all around the world right now. For wheat, not happening in uh, much of Russia, not happening anywhere in Ukraine. Next stat you need to understand our food supply. You know how uh, the cars had just in time. Our production lines were all just in time. And that's why we can't make cars, because there are parts that are sitting somewhere, you know, crossing the ocean, sitting on a dock someplace, the whole supply chain has broken down because it's just in time. It arrives just in time to put it into the car. When you have a disruption, it just bogs everything up and unclogging it. We don't even know if we can really unclog it and get it started again, but it's going to take years to do it. That's that's the supply chain for stuff. The supply chain for food is 90 days. We have 90 days worth of food in the supply chain. That's from the grocery store to the garden and everything in between. If it stops, we stop, let's say we just for some reason stopped all farming. We would have 90 days left of food worldwide. Okay. Okay. 25% of all global production is food. We're about to lose 12% of production. That means we're losing half of our food supply of wheat. Half of our wheat food supply. This is going to hit places like Africa first, and it's going to hit places of poverty first. 
unlike anything we've ever seen. 800 million people currently on Earth live below 1,200 calories per day. So you know, the Germans would not allow Jews to have more than 600 calories a day. So they are only double the amount of calories that the Jews got during the Holocaust. And we all remember what they looked like. If they're at 1,200 calories today and they're in, um, in places that are poor, which they most likely are, those calories will be either cut off or greatly reduced. Now, the bigger problem is fertilizer and energy. The energy price to run the tractors, to run the trucks, to run everything else. And the price of phosphorus and, and uh, potassium, potash, and nitrogen. Those are the three major things we use to make fertilizer. Natural gas, 90% of ammonia is made from natural gas. Prices in natural gas have doubled and in some places, gone up 4x. It's gone from $200 a ton to $1,000 a ton. Phosphorus, 10% of the phosphorus from Russia, and 20 to 25% of all of the potash comes from Russia. It's now been banned in Russia. They cannot Sell it. We cannot buy it. They said, oh, you're going to cut us off of the bank. Great. We'll cut you off on this. Potassium is up to $700. Phosphate went from $250 to $700. This is causing so much stress on the farmers that farmers now all around the world are not planting their fields. They are reducing the acreage because without fertilizer, you're not growing much. So why plant all those fields? It's not going to be a good year, they're thinking. So as they as fertilizer goes up, they pull more and more acres. So far, the price of corn has doubled. Soybeans, wheat skyrocketing. The strategic food reserves in some parts of the world are now opening. We better have perfect weather all over the world just because if things continue the way they are and don't turn around quickly and we can't get fertilizer hundreds of millions of people will experience famine by the end of the year we need to do everything we can to support our farmers we need to understand what's coming and you need to have a garden, plant some seeds, live by a farm and help them, or start storing food now. More on this in a second. The Glenn Back Program. Okay, I want you to save money on your phone service, and I want you to, we need a parallel economy. We need to do business with people who will do business with us, who value our business, and that's Patriot Mobile. 
Right now, Patriot Mobile is the only Christian mobile service. Not only do they operate on the same towers as the other companies, given that same great mobile service, but they have better customer service and they cost a ton less money. Now, unlike the big mobile companies such as Verizon that donates to all kinds of leftist causes, including uh, abortion, Patriot Mobile donates a portion of the bill that they get their profits to conservative American causes, the ones that we're fighting for. PatriotMobile.com slash back 972Patriot is the number 972Patriot or PatriotMobile.com slash back. Call 972Patriot or PatriotMobile.com slash back. If only there was a book to explain all of this. Well, The Great Reset is here. It's in bookstores everywhere. Get it. The Great Reset by Glenn Beck. Rising fuel prices are taking a toll on small businesses, owners from everything from furniture retailers to swimming pool service companies are trimming their services and revising contracts because the financial hit is uh, is getting worse and worse and worse. Um, uh, keeping store owners wide awake at night, trying to figure out what are we going to do? Uh, well, there's a couple of things that we, we should do. First of all, let me go back to food for a second. Um, the governments around the world are buying up large swaths of food right now. The commodity price is going up, uh, not just because of traders, but because govern- governments are trading. And governments are like, um, we're going to buy our corn right now. And first in, first out. Uh, c- countries like um, th- that are in Africa they're going to have a really hard time. They're not going to get the food that they desperately need. But neither are other countries as well. We're all going to take a real hit on this, especially if we don't have good weather. If we, you know, we don't have fertilizer, we should as a nation uh, be doing everything we can right now to help the farmer. Everything we can right now to uh, get fertilizer. You know, everybody's worried about uh, the price of inflation for the average person. Okay, that that's really bad, and we're all hurting. But if we don't take care of the farmer right now and get him fertilizer and make sure that they can afford the things that they can afford uh, or they have to afford, our inflation is the least of our problems. It will be shortages next year. Um now, they are buying, governments are buying up uh, food, but governments all over the world now are also, while they're doing that, telling you not to hoard. And I'm, I'm telling you also not to hoard, but I am telling you to prepare for your family and then others that will be hungry. We have to help each other through this. There are going to be people who just can't make it, um, Uh, And they'll have to bring another skill. It's going to be barter, I guess. But we're just going to have to help each other. If you can grow food, plant this spring. Um, Anything you can do to ease the burden on your family and others, do it. When you go to a store, 
If you are going in and you're going to buy macaroni and cheese and you only need one box, buy two, put one away, use the other one. When that one box is done, don't reach into the pantry to get it Buy a second box. As I showed you just a few minutes ago, just because of inflation, that box a year from now is going to be costing you a lot more money at the store. And when you hit a breaking point, you'll have some food storage. But be careful on what you think your breaking point is, uh, because real, real trouble is coming. And we have to be prepared and we have to be prepared to help others. That This is, I think, the beginnings of the times when I have felt since the beginning with you that you are going to play a role in saving this nation. And I think this is the beginning of it, uh, preparing for those in need. And it is going to be really, really, really hard because you're going to be like, I prepared. They didn't. I know. I know. But we're in this together. you got to take care of your family first. But we're in this together. Um, that doesn't mean <laughs> that. Uh, that doesn't mean you should tell the world what you're doing. Because governments will come in. And uh, they'll start to uh, make it illegal to hoard food. They will uh, start to demonize people first. Uh, as hoarders, this is a while away, I think, but that's what will happen. So just keep your mouth quiet uh, and nobody needs to know your business. Just urge the people who get it to begin to just store some food uh, for their family and and create a network, if you will, of people who think like you and and really understand what's coming and just help each other just help each other so how real do you think the food shortage thing is i think, think the food shortage in places like india and africa i think millions are going to die millions will die probably worse than anything we've ever seen oh my God. if this if the war could if they come up with a solution today and crops get into the ground maybe not but but it will still be a problem because we're not getting fertilizer. So it will be a situation where maybe we as a as the top market in the world are able to acquire this stuff, but at higher prices, way higher prices But uh, uh, down the line. The, the the poorer countries are not even able to acquire it at all. Yeah, I are very, very little. Jeez. It'll all be it'll be Ethiopia on a grand scale. Do you remember what that was like? Oh, when, yeah. I remember all the commercials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had to, the, the We Are the World song out of that. Yeah. And that was not worth it. No. <laughs> I don't know if it solved it. If it did, right. it's still, I mean, no offense to yeah. the African people, but I think they would oppose the song over being saved uh, i think they, i think they'd I rather think so. i think they'd rather start might to death be a little <laughs> get a hasty the, generalization I do, I, look i may be speaking for an entire continent here but yeah. i think if they could go back to the 80s and they say look will we have generation generations of our people be alive or that stupid song play again they would they would choose uh, they would choose to delete the song and and sadly, mm. have a deal with the repercussions of that. Well, we don't have Michael Jackson around to make a song uh, this time. <laughs> That's right. uh, but That's it, it, is, it is going to be bad. It's going to be bad everywhere. And forget everything else. 
just know that a 25% of of fertilizer comes from Russia. Just the 25% but of global. Just 25%. So what do you do here? Because because it's I think it's easy for us to say that we've done everything wrong. It's it's easy. But like look at the effects of what we've talked about with inflation. The things you're talking about, 30 and 40% increases are nothing compared to if we internalized all of our production in the United States. If we got rid of all of this global trade, our prices will go up way more than 30 or 40%. I mean, you know, you would not see your your TVs are no longer $400 for a 60 inch, I'll tell you that much. All this stuff goes away without the global stuff, tra- uh, trade and all of the things associated with it. So the theory going back as 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 globalization uh, not in the nefarious uh you know un running our lives sort of way but in the hey we're going to trade with countries because we can we can turn up production and certain countries will do certain things well Mm -hmm. others will do others Mm -hmm. we'll all combine our efforts and this is why you have walmart and prices are really low there so that goes in and one of the theories was as we saw new countries get into that system those countries tended to moderate. They wanted to be involved in the global trade so they didn't act like psychopaths all the time. So our theory was, if we embrace countries like Russia and like China, Uh they will, over time, be so interested in these markets that they will stop acting like psychopaths. Now, I think we've seen that with those two countries, that has not worked out very well. Mm -hmm. However, you've seen it in other areas, you know, Japan is a good example of it working out pretty darn well. So what do you do? Do you just, do you wait longer to bring them in? Because it seemed like we tried to bring them in as an incentive for them to change. And instead of letting them change first and then allowing them in. So I think this is, this is the, the key. Out of 170 countries, 95 do not have on their books, 95 countries do not have on their books, illegal slave trade they have not made slave trade illegal really 95 that's an that's a mind-boggling enormous stat. 95 countries 95 countries have not passed anti-slavery no. now mm-hmm. uh there's a lot of countries probably in that number because i don't know all the countries but there's i'm sure those some that like don't have a problem with of the course, slave trade yes. okay mm-hmm. um however we should set our limits, and this has been common sense for a very, very, very long time. If your government doesn't have the same kind of understanding about human rights, we shouldn't be doing trade with you. And just at a basic level, right? You don't have to match all of our policies, no, but you've got to respect basic, human men life. Men are born to be free. Okay, mm-hmm. if you enslave people or build concentration camps or have gulags or whatever... No, I don't think we should do business with you. And that's why we're enslaved to these very, very low prices. It's it's not that we're getting our um, some of some of the stuff we are. It's not like we're we're hiring people at very low cost and then putting them in slavery. We're getting stuff some places at a very low cost because the cost of living is so low. So they're making a decent wage. In their, their country yes. and for their area. When these countries, well, a lot of these factories open, they're, the line is around, you know, it's a mile long to get jobs correct. in this place because it's the best job available to that Correct, community. correct. However, that's not the case in China. Mm. Now, there might be people lining up around the block in China to have a job <laughs> here, but they also enslave people. Mm-hmm. So 
No. Yeah. If your country is so diametrically opposed to our system, no, that would include Saudi Arabia. That would include Iran. That would include Russia, China, North Korea, all of these countries that just don't see the world and people the same way. And I think, too, this this points to another one of the undersold failures of the Biden administration that people are not talking about, which is when Donald Trump was president of the United States, our relationship with India was never better. They love Donald Trump there. Yeah. Now they've decided to side with Russia Mm -hmm. and and China and China. And our option, right, if we were to lose China as a manufacturing hub, our easiest replacement is going to India, where it's a little more expensive, but not a lot more expensive. And if they're a close ally, there is some synergy there. We could still probably make some some products at reasonable prices and and help someone who's in the, the they always call it the global uh, democracy, the largest global democracy. Uh, India is the biggest country that has some of the trappings of what we would respect as a government. Um, and we seem to be losing them right now. And that's that's a big deal. Uh, we're going to lose them. We're going to lose uh, Taiwan. We're going to lose mm. um, possibly the Philippines. We will lose Vietnam. All of those countries that provide low uh, cost labor. We'll lose all of those if we continue down the path we're on. That will leave us with just half the world. Huh. Almost like what the Great Reset is calling for. Mm. They will offer the solution of the end of globalization. You'll hear that. This is the end of globalization. We've got to do things. We got to do things closer to home. And so it will appear to be the end of globalization, but it will not be the end of globalization. It will be what you interpret as more global controls, but we'll make stuff closer to home and not with China or Russia. Uh-huh. Really? Because we're currently doing a deal with Iran. <laughs> Just saying. It's going to work out well, I think. They should be, this is a nightmare that's coming. All right. Um, I'm a guy who likes solutions to problems. Several years ago, I had finally had enough of dealing with real estate agents who just couldn't cut it, just couldn't sell the house. And, you know, their their solution was, I'm going to put up more balloons. I, I swear. Last time, the last time one of the real estate agents was in my house was like the third time that he said, I'm going to put up some balloons. We're going to have an open house. And I said, get out of the house. Get out of the house right now. Get out. No, no, that's not the best way to do it. There, there are things that real estate agents do that make them the best in your area. If you're planning to sell your, and balloons are not one of them, if you're uh, planning to sell your home, uh, you need a team of experts. You need somebody who's the best at selling, at closing, at getting customers to come in and see it. And that's all digital now. We find those real estate agents for you and pass their name on to you as a free service to you. I want you to see the difference. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all, realestateagentsitrust.com. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com.
You want to know how you get to the Zill, which is one of the crappy cars that the Soviet Union was making? Follow me on this one. Uh, the White House was considering sending Americans gas cards. Now, follow me on this. So they wanted to send gas cards, but the IRS said they couldn't do it because it's in the middle of tax season. Good thing they have $100 million coming this year extra so they can hire some people to do things like this. But just too difficult and hard. It would be poorly targeted. So they're not going to send out the gas cards. All right. Notice that word poorly targeted. Also, probably a lot of fraud would be going on. I mean, people going door to door and mailbox to mailbox taking people's gas cards, right? Well, that would say that would make an outcry. They're not getting to the right people and people are stealing it. You're right. We need something more efficient, like, um, I don't know, a digital programmable currency that could just say <laughs> you can only spend this at a gas station if your name is such and such. Wouldn't that be great? Except we gotta have to give everybody like a hundred dollar gas card. You know, you have a hundred dollars this month or this the next two weeks to spend that will will be okayed at the gas station. Anything else? I mean, I, you're on your own because man, darn it, the uh, because of the E and ESG, all the all the stations have decided to only go with the digital currency. So you're not going to be able to buy gas, but we could give you a discount on a new car that is really fuel efficient. It's a union made car. So it really helps the unions out and all of those American workers. So we'll give you that. Well, once you have people in that trap, what do you think those union workers uh, begin to make? The Zill. Because it's government dictated, there's no competition for it. Congratulations. Welcome back to the stage, the Zill. Yeah. Now, made in America. Back in a minute. First, let me tell you about Rough Greens. If you're a dog owner, you want you want to give them a long, happy, healthy life. Uno is so funny. Last night, he just would not stop with the ball. He kept bringing it up, sitting on the couch. He kept bringing it up, looking at me like, come on, come on, let's play, let's play. I'd play with him for a while. Then he'd run away with the ball and he'd lay down. And then he'd come back up. Come on, come on, let's play all night. I mean, it's uh, Rough Greens is like dog crack. It really is. They love it. And his activity level is so much better. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. Or call 833-GLEN-33. 833-GLEN-33. Roughgreens.com slash Beck.
Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. This hour, I want to talk to you a little bit about the war in Ukraine, what is happening in Ukraine and Russia. Who is Putin? What what does he actually want? What war is he fighting? They just started using hypersonic missiles. What does that mean? All this and more coming up in 60 seconds. Nina wrote in about her experience with uh, Relief Factor. She says, Relief Factor got me out of pain. I can now work in my flower garden again. I can walk my dog. I can run up and down my stairs again without being in pain. I also sleep through the night without an ice pack on my knee. Thank you. Thank you. I absolutely love Relief Factor. Nina, love it. Way to get your life back. Thank you so much. Uh, If you'd like to get your life back, there's an easy way to do it. Please give Relief Factor a try. It is not a drug, but it has four different active ingredients that work with your body to to fight inflammation, which causes most of our pain. So give it a shot. Relief Factor. Try the three-week quick start now. Developed for you at $19.95. That's a dollar a day like a trial pack. Hundreds of thousands of people have ordered Relief Factor, and about 70% of them have gone on to order more. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. 800-4-RELIEF. 1995 three-week quick start. ReliefFactor.com. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about what is happening over in Ukraine. First of all, um, the Kremlin is warning against panic buying as food prices are rising over in Russia. They're saying no hoarding, no panic buying. Uh, This is going to start happening all over the world. Please be prepared for it. I went over it in hour number one. If you didn't hear that in uh, the first hour, make sure you grab the podcast. So what is Putin really after? Who is Vladimir Putin? What is his game? So I read a book um, called Putin's Playbook recently uh, by Rebecca Koffler. She is a uh, U.S. intelligence expert. She she was uh, from behind the uh, the Iron Curtain. She came to America when she was young. After 9-11, she decided that she wanted to help protect her new country. So she went to uh, work with the Central Intelligence Agency uh, and she was part of the red teams that we've heard so much about with the Pentagon trying to war game. I have to tell you, I read her book and I think this is one of the people that I hope everybody is listening to in, in uh, Washington, because I think she really understands Putin. And if I'm, if, if I may say, Rebecca, you had me at Alexander Dugan. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Glenn. It's such an honor to be here with you and your audience. Thank you. So, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about your background so people know exactly who you are and how you know these things. Of course. Uh, So I was born and raised behind the Iron Curtain in the former Soviet Union. And uh, my parents were anti-communist. They didn't agree with the Soviet socialist system. And they were raising me uh, to go to America one day, the land of freedom and opportunity and justice. And so I immigrated in 1989 to uh, America. And then after September 11th, as you said, I went to serve in the intelligence community. And because I wanted to protect, you know, help protect my country uh, against foreign threats. And I knew that sooner or later, even though the Soviet Union collapsed, 
it will emerge, you know, as a foreign threat. Uh, I didn't know how soon it was going to happen, but there we are with the conflict in Ukraine. And it's not really about Ukraine, Glenn. It's a proxy war between uh, Russia and the United States for control in Eurasia. Okay. Explain to people what Eurasia is in case they don't know. Sure. Uh, Eurasia is the biggest uh, landmass. It's uh, basically Russia occupies the center of Eurasia. Uh, and uh, China is up there, obviously. And uh, more than Russia, it's what uh, the Russians believe is strategic buffer that they have relied on for centuries for their security, including in that strategic uh, buffer is Ukraine, Moldova, Belarus, uh, Georgia, and a bunch of uh, what we call stans. And with the collapse of the Soviet Union, the United States security establishment assumed, I don't know really why, but assumed that these countries are going to be democracies and uh, nothing you know could be further from the truth because there's nothing in Russia's history or in the history of those other countries that points to the fact that democracy is even a viable uh, system of governance and so at this point we are basically uh, on a collision course geopolitically with Russia because the United States wants to make sure that we call the shots in that area of the world not China not Russia but we do and the Russians of course uh, want to make sure that they keep their security perimeter uh, in their control and not us. And that's what this conflict is all about. So, but if you look at um, the mm, west side of Eurasia, uh, you would see Poland. And almost every time Russia has come under attack, it's come through Poland. Don't they look at that as a gateway still and, and want Poland? You are exactly correct. So the Russians, every war except the Mongol Tatar yoke back in uh, 1238 came from the West. And this is why exactly Putin fears NATO. Um, he has been talking about uh, the red lines, right? Um, so he wants to effectively ensure that um, he has Ukraine back into his orbit. And then depending on what happens with this conflict, obviously the Baltics would be next on, on the target list. Now, Poland and the Baltics, the threshold for Putin's invading those countries is mm-hmm. much high because they're NATO members, Correct. right? Yes. Uh, but ultimately, you're right. You, you mentioned, you know, Dugin and there's a, the whole school of thought, the Atlanticism versus Eurasianism. It's basically the uh, perennial sort of uh, struggle between the giants and make no mistake putin wants to make sure he makes russia great again and he views himself and the russians view themselves as a superpower on par with the united states and not a junior partner as they feel that they've been treated all right so this weekend uh putin used a hypersonic missile which as far as i can tell talking to military experts the reason to use or to have a hypersonic missile is for long range because it gets there so fast and you can't shoot it out. Um, so he was using it, though, in Ukraine, which to me just seems like signaling we 
we've got a lot more and america we do have the hypersonic missile and we could put a nuke on it or whatever and we can hit you and you can't stop us do, am i reading you're that right 100 you're 100 correct glenn and i dispute the pentagon's assessment that it's not an escalation it's totally an escalation. As you said, this is a dual capable system. You can put a conventional warhead on it, or you can put a nuclear warhead on it. So the way that this conflict uh, started, if you remember, uh, Putin not only assembled 190,000 troops on the border, all but encircling Ukraine, but also he conducted a nuclear exercise. And so he has been steadily climbing the escalation ladder, step by step, and we are right now on the trajectory to nuclear warfare. So he's signaling, you're correct, he's strategic messaging to us, uh, I have high tolerance for nuclear uh, warfare, and you don't. I have this particular weapon that has never been in combat, used in combat before, and you don't. And it's nearly impossible to intercept. And so for the Pentagon to say that this is not escalation, they completely fail to understand who their strategic opponent is, Vladimir Putin, how conniving and how manipulative he is. And they are totally not prepared, Glenn. Right. So what if Russia uses this weapon? Uh, we are now struggling to really grasping at straws to what to do with them. And it's very evident to everybody. So is this a possible way of because as I understand it, uh, Putin believes in escalation to de-escalation. In other words, ramp it up fast uh, to scare the living bejesus out of people, maybe even using a tactical nuke, so the rest of the world will come to the bargain bargaining table and say, "Okay, okay, okay, let's 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 work things out." Is that possible? That is that possible? What's happening? And especially with the hyper weapon, instead of using a tactical nuke, he uses this. Yes, absolutely. You just articulated uh, Russia's nuclear doctrine, escalate to de-escalate, that was developed specifically on Putin's orders for an eventual conflict. The Russians believe that sooner or later, a war between the United States and Russia is inevitable. Mark these words, inevitable, I quote, and because they fear U.S. conventional superiority, they believe that they overmatch us in tactical nukes because the ratio right now is one to ten with russia having two thousand nuke tactical nukes and we have only 200 and this is exactly why putin wants uh, or plans rather or envisions crossing the nuclear threshold by popping a tactical nuke somewhere in europe or in ukraine uh, in order for us to get confused, stand down, and really cause like a strategic pause. And in the meantime, he would want to move in and uh, decapitate Ukraine, uh, remove Zelensky from power as he was planning to. I mean, you would think, I mean, the rest of the world has looked at nukes for 50 years now, at least, and went, this is crazy. I mean, there's no way to win this. We 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 won through mutually assured destruction. Uh, why does he think that a tactical nuke wouldn't garner a massive response from the rest of the world just because he has more nukes? 
he is why, um, uh, Glenn, because he, the Russians have been watching and paying attention very closely to what our defense policy is. And if you remember, under President Obama, we had the initiative Global Zero. We want to zero out our nuclear capability. Uh, all this talk, you know, Putin understands that we have very low pain threshold. We can't even talk about nukes, this, you know, without really kind of like making it sound like we are absolutely not going to go there. But that is exactly why he wants to use it. Okay, because he knows that we will not use it, or he thinks, rather, that we will not use it. And that is why he is planning to do this, because he believes that we have, we don't have the cojones, if you will, to respond or even preempt him. So are you predicting that he will use at least a tactical nuke? Okay, so the, the threshold for using that, those is high, okay? It has to be a very specific battlefield scenario where Putin feels so cornered, you know, like a rat, like that rat from his childhood that he was uh, talking about. He's in the corner, and believe me, right now he does feel that way because things are not going well for Vladimir Putin. He uh, has completely miscalculated the Ukrainian people's will to fight, the uh, leadership of President Zelensky. And so if he perceives that we are about to intervene, we being NATO and the United States on behalf of Ukraine, at that point, he will feel like a loss is inevitable. That would be the scenario where he would use that. Holy cow. Okay, R- Rebecca Koffler is talking to us. She is the author of Putin's Playbook. I can't recommend it highly enough. I mean, I, 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 um, I read it, uh, finished, I think, last week. It is, it's really, truly tremendous to give you a real insight into Putin and what you're dealing with. And especially she goes into Alexander Dugan, which very few people do. Uh, and she understands that madness as well. More with her in 60 seconds. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You know, the great thing is, I could say, surprise, surprise, inflation continues to be a problem, but it's not a surprise. If you've been listening to this program, um, thank goodness, uh, I, I think we are ahead of the curve on things and giving you warnings on what is coming. The cost of everything is going up. You have to be pragmatic. You need to be proactive and you need to be prepared right now. If you're a homeowner, you should be considering a mortgage refi right now because the late the low rates are gone and impact that you will see on your budget coming forward are going to be substantial, especially if you have high interest credit cards. But I mean, what high interest? Everybody's credit card is like 12 percent now. Can you imagine what happens as they start to go up? and up and up and up get a consolidation loan or a mortgage refi right now you could skip up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days call american financing at 800-906-2440 800-906-2440 or americanfinancing.net 10 seconds station id So, Rebecca, I want to spend just a couple of minutes on his first speech 
that he gave when he was going into Ukraine. And he talked. I mean, he sounded like Alexander Dugan. For people who don't understand Alexander Dugan and his insane fourth political theory, could you explain his influence and what it is he's trying to accomplish and how likely it is that he's really influencing things in Russia? Alexander uh, Dugan used to be the brain trust of uh, Putin, Alexander Dugin's writings, the whole geopolitical, uh, for geopolitical theory, as you explained, was taught at Russia's general staff. They have a center that is called the uh, Center for Strategic Military Research that does threat forecasting. And they have predicted uh, by assessing our defense posture and our war fighting style and the past 20 years of our military campaigns and what we've done in Iraq, Afghanistan and uh, Libya and Syria. And they have decided that Putin is going to be next, that we want to conduct regime change. And therefore, they are going to take a preemptive strike, so to speak, because Putin stated once, if a fight is unavoidable, and he's a judo practitioner, mm-hmm. right, in addition to being the former uh, KGB officer, if a, if, a stri- if a fight is unavoidable, you must strike first. And this is why um, he acted to take over Ukraine now, because he perceives that it's his best chance, his window of opportunity, while we have uh, what they believe a weak U.S. president. Now, so, and this is what, you know, Dugan wanted. It's the Eurasianism that Trump, right. you know, Atlanticism. And whether it will happen actually or not, uh, Glenn, it depends. It depends on our reaction uh, to what's happening in Ukraine. If he's allowed to swallow Ukraine, what's next, right? Moldova, Belarus, Belarus is already part of the Union. Uh, are the Baltics next? That's what everybody is worried about. And if we don't demonstrate, you know, a viable strategy, which so far we haven't, right? We don't have an answer to his asymmetric strategy because President Biden somehow thinks that uh, sanctions is going to be a magic bullet. But sanctions is a completely different. It's an economic concern. Putin's security concern are completely different, so that is not going to change their behavior, and that's what Putin is banking on, that we don't have an answer to his playbook, and that's what I described in my book. Okay, so um, when when you're looking at the scenario, I got to believe that when we pulled out of Afghanistan, that was a green light for Putin. It was. Uh, the Russians, as I said, watch very, very closely how we fight, where we fight, whether we're able to achieve victory. Okay, and we have withdrawn from Afghanistan after 20 years and 2.2 trillion dollars spent of U.S. taxpayers' money, 6,000 American lives only sacrificed. Right. Given the fact that we have a superior warfighting force in military history, our men and women in uniform are exceptional. We have outstanding weaponry, the best in the world. But technology and weaponry do not win wars. The Russians know that. And given the shameful withdrawal by uh, President Biden, they decided that we are just not able to handle these wars and close these wars and don't have the stamina to stand up to Putin. And that's when he moved in. 
That was the green light to him, as you said. And on top of that, uh, Joe Biden green lighted, if you remember, um, he told Putin, well, if it's a small incursion, you know, maybe you right. won't be punished. So that right. was the final green light and the trigger that Putin said, OK, I'm going to move in. This is my opportunity before a stronger president, someone like Trump, you know, uh, comes to power uh, in the United States. That's the best chance. And he moved in. All right. Why is it? And I'm going to have to take a a break here. But when we come back, I I want to ask you, Rebecca, why is it that that our intelligence and everybody else got Putin so wrong to where we thought he was a reasonable guy? What, What is it about him that we missed this whole time? Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. Let me tell you about uh, my Patriot Supply. Um, if you've been listening to the show, uh, the whole show today, you'll know with added urgency, I, I would like you to call my Patriot Supply um, and get some food storage going for yourself. Prepare with Glenn.com. Get a $150 discount right now. If you missed our one of the uh, program, make sure you listen uh, as a podcast. Make sure you listen to hour number one uh, for today's podcast. It's very important. Preparewithglenn.com. You'll get a $150 discount right now on their uh, special three-month emergency food kit. That'll be three months of food for one person in your family. And like I said, you'll save $150. That'll give you breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, even snacks, totaling 2,000 calories a day is what we all need. And the food is actually really good. So try it now, please. Preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. Get this three-month special of emergency food kit on a $150 discount now. Prepare with glenn.com. Head to blazetv.com slash glenn. The promo code is glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Rebecca Koffler, the author of Putin's Playbook. She is uh, a former U.S. intelligence uh, officer. She was with the CIA after 9-11. She decided that she wanted to help protect our country. She knows Russia inside and out. She's a former Soviet citizen that came over to the United States uh, and now is an American citizen. Rebecca, welcome. Thank you, Glenn. Pleasure to be here with you and your audience. All right, so... Before the break, I asked you, how did we get Putin so wrong? I mean, I've I've always said, if you just look at the guy, one arm doesn't swing when he walks. And that's the arm that his uh, his gun used to be at. He is still a KGB guy. He's still a guy. He's a thug. How did we miss this? Absolutely, uh, Glenn. So uh, we've missed 20 years worth of indications and warnings, what we call in the intelligence community, INW, of who Putin was and what he was planning to do. He never made it a secret. Every speech, every strategic planning document, every press conference, he articulated to us that he was planning to reconstitute an alliance similar to USSR, and he viewed the U.S. and NATO as a roadblock in his plan, and he planned to destabilize it. And yet we missed it. Why? It's because somehow there's an assumption in the intelligence community, 
and in the broader Washington establishment security apparatus that Putin thinks like an American, that the Russians are think and believe just like Americans, and nothing can be further from the truth. Putin is not an American, so thinks like a Soviet KGB officer and a judo practitioner. The Russians elected Putin four times, Glenn, right? And guess who every single time was a runner-up? It was a communist. It was somebody who would have been even worse. And so Putin has already done several things that are perceived by the Western analysts as crazy. And He's not crazy. He invaded Georgia. He invaded Crimea. He uh, authorized the shooting down of MH17s. And, and we keep thinking that, oh, he's not going to use tactical nuke because it's crazy. But maybe what's crazy to us is not crazy to him. His rationale is not American. It's not Western. It's a Soviet KGB yeah. killer style, you know, um, type of guy, a thug, like you said, an assassin. He has uh, authorized assassinations, poisonings. Um, all these things make sense to him, and they actually make sense to a segment of the Russian population, which is pretty large, who support a strong leader bordering on brutal, just like Stalin. All right. Stalin's popularity is rising now. So we have, we have a situation where Putin says... Uh, He's going to purify Russia of the scum and traitors. Um, but there's a lot of people, at least it appears to be, a lot of people that are against this war in uh, Ukraine. Will this silence them and put everybody back to kind of a Soviet kind of footing? That's what I'm afraid of, uh, Glenn. He's basically uh, calling for people to start ratting out, if you will, the fifth column, the traitors, as he called them. And Putin once uh, stated that treason is the most heinous of crimes. And this is why he authorized assassinations and poisonings of uh, former GRU officer uh, Skripal and former FSB officer Alexander Litvinenko. So right now he's calling for a Stalinesque era red terror when neighbors and spy on neighbors and turn them into the Soviet authorities and call them, you know, traitors. So what he wants to do is he wants the Russian people to actually um, give out the Russian, other Russian people. And with the idea that it will scare everyone and people will stop protesting. Most of the uh, Russian people are afraid. And I interviewed a Russian source in uh, Moscow, and she said that 90% of people support Putin, 10%, and nobody actually supports the war, right? Because right. it's a Slav on Slav, it's atrocious. But only 10% do not support P uh, Putin. And everyone is scared because the consequences can be really, really harsh. You can be expelled from a university, you can lose your job, and you can get in jail up to 15 people, 15 years rather. And so that is what is scaring mm. these people, and we've seen that before in Russian history, regretfully. All right. You, in your book, uh, Putin's Playbook, you talk about the infiltration uh, of Russia, uh, of the United States by Russia. It's already here. I know that uh, I know that Dugan has um, uh, operatives that are, you know, reaching out to organizations all over the West and in Europe. 
trying to get them on board by appealing to their traditional uh, values. How is this happening with Putin and Russia? And where do you see this infiltration here in America? Here's how it happens. There are two types of infiltration. There's an infiltration with actual spy, like sleeper agent types of uh, operatives similar to the 10 who were expelled by President Obama, which was, by the way, was foolish. We should have uh, kept these people here, um, debriefed him and flipped them over to work for us. Right. Uh, Back in 2010, Putin actually authorized the infiltration of these um, 10 probably the minute that he uh, came to power because uh, they were working here for 10 years trying to get close to uh, U.S. top echelons of U.S. government, and they were getting very close to uh, Hillary Clinton, right? (laughs) So the second type of infiltration is really the infiltration of the American mind. The Russians, for decades, wanted to transform the United States from a free capitalist society into a socialist-type society, similar to what the Soviet Union was like. And we were warned about it by a defector, Yuri Bizmenov, who said that there was a four-step program of such transformation. And we see the results of it today, right? Today, you know, Bernie Sanders, AOC, and folks like that, the leftists, they talk about socialism as though it's a viable system, and it's been normalized, this narrative which is completely not only absurd, but scary. Glenn, I lived under socialism. It's a, it's a really, really vile and atrocious system. It's not all about the free stuff. It's about government control. Mm. And we cannot allow this in this country. But this is the type of infiltration. So the Russians not only target with their information warfare, they don't only target our networks, but they're targeting Americans' minds so- with this and our... Yes. So what what is your response when you hear people like Hillary Clinton and others say that uh, uh, that Tucker Carlson is a uh, is an operative or um, Kelsey? uh, um, uh, What is it? Tulsi Gabbard. Gabbard. Yeah, Yeah, I can never remember her first name. Tulsi Gabbard, that they're that they're Russian operatives. So Hillary Clinton is a Soviet-style KGB operative type, okay? Remember, during her, you know, when she was a State Department um, uh, chief, instead of actually paying attention to the Russian threat and developing a counter-strategy, Hillary Clinton was busy trying to cozy up to Putin and to the Russians. They wanted a reset, Obama and, uh, and Hillary, even though she had every possible indication and warning what Putin was up to. And she trotted out that mistranslated button that <laughs> was a huge diplomatic, you know, mm-hmm. diplomatic faux pas that Lavrov, the uh, Russian foreign minister, laughed at. And so she was digging dirt. She authorized, you know, a whole slew of intelligence officials and also, you know, uh, the uh, private industry to dig dirt on Trump to unseat a democratically elected president of the United States. So Hillary Clinton is dangerous, actually. And the types like her, the 
corrupt officials like John Brennan, uh, former CIA director under Obama, like James uh, Clapper, um, DNI, former director of national intelligence, and uh, James Comey, the former FBI director, because they failed to do their job uh, to assess Putin properly and protect us from this threat to us and our allies. I, I want to I I make it really clear. She did not just say that Hillary Clinton is a Russian spy. She said she is the type uh, of politician that the KGB would love and uh, that that you know doesn't watch our back. Do I have that right? You have that exactly okay. good, right. Good, good, good. I don't mean to say that she's on the payroll yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Russians, but she learned all the long wrong lessons from the Soviet playbook, and We're- she and her operatives have applied them. You know, hitting right. the U.S. really with the double whammy. What happened in 2016 was uh, the Russians did not want to elect Trump. They wanted to foment discord and disorder and possibly social unrest. They feared Trump. And they put out, they being the Obama uh, spy chief, put out a fraudulent intelligence community assessment uh, of January 6, 2017, where they lied to the American people about the reason for Russia's interference in the election. Uh, Rebecca, I'm out of time, but I would like to have you back because I'd like to talk to you about Ukraine because Hillary Clinton and George Soros and all those people were huge in Ukraine doing all kinds of dirty stuff. And then we had a TV star uh, to be elected uh, president, uh, much to our State Department's chagrin. Uh, And I know you're writing a new book uh, now on Zelensky, and I'd like to have you back on again and, and talk a little bit about the other side. Would you come back? Of course, I would Great. love to. Thank you so much. Rebecca Koffler, the name of the book is Putin's Playbook. You want to understand uh, his plan to destroy America and why he wants to destroy America. Read Putin's Playbook. By the way, one note. I'm getting, uh, believe it or not, <laughs> I hate addressing these things. They're so stupid. Uh, I'm getting heat because I have the Ukrainian flag on my Twitter uh, feed. Uh-huh, I do. I support the people of Ukraine. That doesn't mean I want war where we're involved. I believe that we can help people in Ukraine as individuals. Uh, And we'll give you some examples of that coming up in, in just a second. But just because I'm telling you, read Putin's playbook. He really is trying to destroy America. That doesn't mean I want warplanes with a U.S. flag on the back anywhere close to Ukraine. Back in just a minute. If you want a vehicle, getting Car Shield really should be a no-brainer. Right now, fixing your cars is uh, going to be trouble. You got a couple of cars, especially if they're out of warranty. Holy cow. You're not going to buy a new one. I mean, look at the price of a, of a used car let alone a new one, if you can get it. So what are you going to do? Now you're going to pony up and pay whatever it is. But if you're missing uh, some sort of a, uh, you know, a chip that makes your car go and that chip is out, what are you going to do then? This is like medical insurance. You have this for catastrophic failure. Same thing. Same thing for your car. CarShield.com slash Beck. 
carshield.com slash Beck. They take care of you with roadside assistance anywhere in the nation. They'll give you a rental car while yours is being fixed. Just check out all the details. Find find the um, the plan that best fits you and your budget so you don't have a surprise. Carshield.com slash Beck or call 800-391-8888. 800-391-8888. It's carshield.com slash Beck. The Glenn Beck Program. I can't thank you enough for your support of Mercury One. A couple of things. This weekend, uh, David and Tim Barton and I taught uh, class for a couple of nights on Friday and Saturday for families that came from all over the country. Um, and it was it was remarkable. These these people were just great. They get it. And now their job is to go and and uh, spread the word. We're going to have another family history event. Uh, we'll tell you about it uh, as we get uh, closer to it. Hopefully a little more notice than uh, just happened last time. But also thank you for your support for Mercury One and all of the things that we're doing all around the world. Uh, we have been working with our partners on the ground in in uh, Ukraine and the surrounding uh, countries. Uh, we have already given $105,000 to the Freedom Shield Foundation. They're working to get orphans out of Ukraine to safety. They've already rescued many and taken them safe countries. Save Our Allies uh, is another great one we worked with in Afghanistan. This is going to uh, en- enable uh, SOA to purchase six mobile medical evacuation vehicles and ambulances to support uh, the ability to medevac and uh, casevac from Ukraine. Uh, United uh, Hatzala, we gave them almost $100,000. They're providing medical help and humanitarian aid as well for the Ukrainians fleeing the country and charter flights for the Jewish people fleeing the Ukraine as well. Operation Blessing and Samaritan's Purse, we are also helping fund them as well. This is one of the worst humanitarian situations our partners have ever seen. Uh, We really, uh, oh, by the way, Peace and Good, we also gave uh, some money to Peace and Good. They're helping with rescuing orphans and more on the way. We really would love for your help. Um, We don't take, you know, we don't take money for what we do. Um, We just want to get the money to the right partners, the people who are having the biggest impact. And some of these partners are the ones that were with us in Afghanistan. We are on the ground now, and we would love your support. Please donate now to mercuryone.com. Mercury1, or is it .org? Um, Mercury1.org. Go there now and uh, donate. Give whatever you can to help out those in real need in uh, Ukraine and in the surrounding countries. All right. More in a minute you don't want to miss. By the way, the new book, The Great Reset, is out in hardbound paper. Yes, we found some paper to print some more books. Uh, It's out now wherever you buy your books. Go ahead and get it now. You can order it at Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, or you can go into any store where books are sold and get it. The Great Reset. 
All right. One of the uh, longest running arguments between uh, <laughs> Stu and I is the temperature of the studio. Yes. I, I keep it at a Inhuman. really toasty 62 degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stu would like it a toasty, I don't know, 800 like an old man. <laughs> uh, but even if we were just talking about it, we compromised at 65 and uh, I still sweat up a storm now i'm not jeffy i mean nobody is jeffy no that's impossible that's really bad but if you have a problem with uh sweating please there's a new uh new product out called sweat block sweat block it is the best deodorant antiperspirant i have ever used and there's another there's a step up if you really sweat it is a uh, just like a little wipe, and you wipe it under your arms before you go to sleep. You wake up the next morning, you don't put anything on for the next 10 days. And it just, it. I mean, it's almost a miracle if you are uh, sweating. Go to sweatblock.com now. Sweatblock.com, save 20%, promo code back. In 1917, the war, World War I, was raging, and the Russian Revolution had begun eight months prior. And there were, in a small village, three young children that say they were visited by the Virgin Mary. It is in a small village called Fatima. At that time, she gave, I don't know, it was three or five secrets, something like that, They've been revealed all except for one, the final secret. It is only for the Pope to see. It is a call to Russia uh, uh, to, to be dedicated to God and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Popes have said they weren't gonna do this for one reason or another all along. Pope John Paul kinda did it after the wall fell, but most Catholics will say that wasn't what the what the Virgin Mary was asking. The fifth secret involves something really, really, truly horrible, and it involves Russia and Ukraine. This Pope has decided to fulfill the request from 1917 this Friday. I'll explain it to you in 60 seconds. All right, true love of country, those who serve it. That's a deep commitment. It means thoughts and prayers, which are both effective. Those have real power. 
but it also means reaching out with a helping hand when those who serve can't anymore. Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's heroes and their families. And when a first responder or a military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays off their mortgage to lift the financial burden and bring their family to safety. For catastrophically injured vets, first responders, Tunnels Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to live more independent lives. And now, Operation Home Base, Tunnel to Towers is gifting tiny homes to homeless veterans. In a world that is so filled with darkness, it's nice to see the light once in a while. And the light this time is brought by Tunnel to Towers tunneltotowers.org. I want you to go to T2, the number two, T.org. If you can donate 11 bucks a month, just have it automatically taken out. It would help an awful lot. T to T.org. That's T2, T.org. All right. So if you're Catholic, you might have heard of Fatima. Uh, It's a story that doesn't get a lot of attention outside of Catholicism, and it is I remember I went to a Catholic school when I was a kid, and we used to watch the movie. Was it Bernadette or was it Fatima? I can't remember. We used to watch a movie about one of these miracles every year. I've always been fascinated by them, especially Fatima, because there is one secret that uh, the kids knew about, but then gave to the Pope, and it was for the Pope's eyes only. Uh, And it was a call. We don't know what it says on the result of not doing it. We just know that it was to call Russia to God. Um, And if not, bad things would happen. We don't know what bad things. It is literally only read by the Pope and one other person through history. The Pope becomes the Pope. He reads he reads this particular uh, prophecy Uh, And then it is sealed up and he decides what he's going to do. Yes or no. Pope John Paul did it. But um, there are there are scholars, theologians in the Catholic Church that say he didn't do it the way he was instructed to do it. It requires all of the bishops to come together, et cetera, et cetera, and dedicate a day of prayer and call from St. Peter's seat uh, Russia to come to God. That's my rough non-Catholic understanding of it. Um, If you're Catholic, you might want to talk to your priest about it and get involved and make sure all the bishops and archbishops are involved in this on Friday. This is a really odd request coming in 1917 from from children who had barely even heard of Russia. The Russian Revolution at the time was had just started it was about eight months old world war one was raging but mary the mother mary said to the children not to worry it will end soon she told the children if my requests are heeded russia will be converted and there will be peace if not she will spread her errors throughout the world causing wars and persecutions against the church good the good will be martyred The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. By this time, the kids were gaining uh, quite a following. It was October 13th, 1917. 
And Mary appeared for the last time and gave the final part of her message. She said uh, there would be a miracle uh, visible to all of the people who came to the village. 70,000 people came pouring out in the rain uh, and they were standing in the mud. Many of them were skeptical journalists and religious fe- uh, figures, etc., etc. As Mary spoke to the children, she said uh, it is said that the sun rolled out of the sky and across the landscape, throwing off a rainbow of colors. People fell to their knees. Their clothing dried, looked as it had just come back from the cleaners. They all smelled flowers. This, I'm just, you can doubt it if you want, whatever. I'm just telling you what they reported at the time. And when I say they, I mean many of the skeptical reporters as well. Um, the church has deemed this a miracle and a holy site. There's lots of appearances that they don't, you know, I saw them in a loaf of bread. They don't necessarily uh, do that. Over the years, different popes have claimed to perform the consecration, but uh, it, it didn't happen. Uh, it didn't happen the way it was supposed to. That is changing on Friday, on March 25th, 62 years after Pope John the 23rd was told specifically to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. This pope is going to finally do it. Now, it's Pope Francis. And I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about this to know if it's being done right or not. All of the bishops are asked to do the same thing uh, on Friday. I think any attempt to beg for God's um, interceding here on mankind's behalf is welcome i'm telling you this this is not my faith but i support any faith that is working towards humbling man and getting them to ask for repentance and conversion to the lord for anyone this could be a very powerful um event if catholics and perhaps others just join in prayer but if catholics all around the world really truly pray hard on uh, friday i do believe prayers are answered much more uh to this story um including what happens if it's if it if 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 this isn't uh done properly i guess um it, it just strikes me as profound that something from 1917 that people have been calling for for a hundred years is dusted off at this moment with pope francis uh because apparently the really bad thing happens or begins in kiev with russia not good (laughs) not good there's so many things that that fill up that list right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's hard to keep track of them. I liked your. I I, I did not know you were. Uh, you you had the uh, ability to go that deep into Catholicism. So they will not accept any miracles in bread. Is that true? They no. no that's not true. No I can't make that blame. bread. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. I can't. I can't. I don't want to mislead you. Stu. Okay. Yeah. I'm practically <laughs> a Catholic theologian. Not. Uh, so I apologize mean? to all Catholics here for butchering this story, but. So do you, do we what do you think it means? Uh I don't know. I I don't know. I I mean I 
again, I apologize to Catholics. I so dislike uh, Pope Francis. I just don't <laughs> trust him because he's also there is a there is another um, Catholic and I, it may be from Fatima. I'm not sure. I know a lot of people that are very, very much into what's happening right now, have been mm-hmm. waiting for this moment literally their whole lives. Um, and uh, there's another prophecy that they have been hoping wouldn't be fulfilled, and that is the Pope going over and meeting in Moscow uh, with the leader of Russia and also, I think, the leader of the Orthodox Church, and that is supposedly a very bad sign. Uh, And I know this guy, uh, Pope Francis, has been planning on that. Nothing is is set, uh, but there have been uh, there's movement in the papal offices on that, and that 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 would not be good, no. according according to the Catholic prophecy. So, what do you? Where do you? I think I think that makes him the last pope, something mm. like that. Where do you? Uh, what's your view on what's actually happening right now when it comes to Russia and Ukraine? Where do, where do, where does this stand? There's a report from, I think it was the Wall Street Journal this weekend that they now believe that Putin was actually was actually planning on taking the country quickly is legitimately up you know like realizing that this is not going to happen this quickly and is now looking for ways to pivot back to taking just the territories uh that he initially indicated interest in uh donbass and Donetsk or whatever and then keeping crimea and getting the land bridge to crimea and those things that were rumored to be his goals initially i'm not sure Maybe I'm not sure that Joe Biden is the guy to conduct those peace talks. No, uh, I, he can't. He can't do any talk. No, um, but th- that that would be good if everyone would accept that. I, I, I be- mean, at least right now. Yeah, compared I mean, to what? Compared to taking it all and and really going in and fighting, his use of um, the hyper weapons disturbs me a great deal, and that could be. An escalate to de-escalate. That's his kind of M.O. is he ratchets things up. And that's from a real Russian nuclear document. Yeah. Like their strategy is to, you know, in theory, if they were losing or being defeated uh, slowly in a conventional war that they didn't think they could win with conventional forces easily, they would potentially drop a tactical nuclear uh, bomb or or some device that would scare the other side so much they wouldn't have to fight that conventional war. So the last big war that they had was Afghanistan, I think. Well, they had Chechnya and they they leveled <sighs> that. They leveled it. The, I, the video from Grozny, yeah, horrible. is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that, that's it's really one of the things. You know, it's there's so many of those types of things that go on in the world and you hear reports about them and I remember talking about it at the mm-hmm. time but like you forget how brutal that was. Yeah. So um they lost in Afghanistan. They just did horrible things. Horrible things in Grozny. Um and now they're mired in this. This this could be another I mean remember how humiliating the loss was in Afghanistan. If if they uh, if he feels like I can't take this loss, I think he is going to it'll go much, much worse. And, and I just unfortunately think there's so many people that want war right now, uh, and he might be one of them. I don't know. The the president of Ukraine, this is this is a real test for him, because if the president of Ukraine is is winning 
and feels he's winning, holding him, he's going to want he'll be less likely to uh, join in on peace talks because he'll think that maybe we can drive them entirely out and defeat them. So it's going to take a big brother to step up and go, hey, hey, both of you guys, what do you think? What do you think we call this off? Is there a compromise here? Um, and that used to be the United States, but I don't think that's the United States to do that anymore. The, this has got to be uh, an unbelievable thing for Russia to go through. If you go through, go back to um, right now, they're saying 14,000 dead on the Russian side. Then that's according to the Ukrainians. Now, of course, you'd expect that number to probably be high. The U.S. is reporting they think it's 7,000. Uh, the New York Times says that's a conservative estimate, 7,000. 7,000, to give you a sense of that, is all of the U.S. casualties, as far as deaths go, in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. Oh, my gosh. Over how many years? 20 years? They have lost that many people in four weeks? That's a bloodbath. It's a lot of mothers, you know, finding out that their kid isn't coming home. At some point... That does wind up changing things significantly in a country, even when it is a dictatorship. I mean, you know, even with the power that Putin has, enough well, moms get those calls. That's why he is now, he's on the same social system now that that China is on, pretty much. Really? Um, the social credit system, you mean? Yeah, you, okay. he is cracking down like crazy. All he needs to do is introduce a digital currency um, or uh, the the constant monitoring uh, by the phones of everything but he is right now you you dare not speak out you can't speak out about the war he is locking this down and he's going for what he says is a purification of russia to get rid of the what did he call it swine and traders traders, yeah i mean that's that's pretty disturbing when somebody calls for a purification that usually means some sort of death camp is on the way uh and russians happen to remember they're not like us they know it can happen in their country we deny it but they've seen it so they know oh yeah it can happen here don't let the conflict in ukraine right now distract you from what's happening with inflation if you missed our number one today of this broadcast podcast you need to go back and get the full podcast wherever you get them uh, and listen to our number one, because we in the first 30 minutes, I really explain not only what's happening with food prices because of inflation, but also what's coming because of world instability and what the truth is about the ramifications of what's going on in Ukraine. It is a very important segment that you really need to listen to. Then you have to decide, okay, what am I going to do about it? Well, I recommend food storage, for one. Uh, The other is, please consider precious metals. Prices are not going up. It is that your dollar is worth less. Now, prices are also going up because of shortages, because of what we've done, the administration has done. So you have that price increase, but then you also have the price increase because your dollar is worth less. Cut that out. 15 cents you'll lose on your dollar this year? Uh, No, thank you. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to call um, Goldline right now. 
Qualifying orders today will receive a signed copy of my most recent book, The Great Reset, but those are also extremely limited. Call today. Find out how you can acquire this new item. I want you to find out about all of their specials. Do your homework. Do your homework. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. All righty. 10 seconds. Station ID. By the way, um, outside of the paid commercial, let me just tell you, the uh, Goldline um, is launching a new series of coins with me because I believe in silver is going to be big. Uh, and I, I think collectible items are also very important. Uh, that's different than, you know, money made out of gold. This is a collectible item. Uh, they've just launched the first uh, coin. It has Ben Franklin's face on it and Ben Franklin's original seal of the United States. If you've never seen the seal that they rejected but almost became our seal, it is the Israelites with their back to the Red Sea and the filler, uh, the uh, pillar of fire holding back uh, the, the uh, Egyptians. That's on the back of the coin. Uh, it is now available today in silver, and you can get it at Goldline. And then uh, within a couple of weeks, it will also be uh, available in gold and copper, if you would like that. Anyway, American, I'm sorry, it's um, it's Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Ah, all right, Stu. Ah. <laughs> it's a lot to shake off these days. It is. It, it really is. is so many different things. I don't. I have no idea how to prepare for any of it. I don't know how to. I don't know which which thing I'm supposed to worry about. I, I do. I do find myself falling into a pattern you've warned of before, which is a lot of times I just want to turn it off. You know, I just don't want to hear any more of the te- the terrible news, so which is not, constant. That's not uncommon. It's probably more likely uh, for a lot of people. Um, but that's because you feel frustrated and you don't know what to do about it. Yeah. And there are steps that you've heard a million times. Have you taken any of them? Well, you've said them a million times. I haven't heard them at yeah, all. Okay. I, all right. I okay. All right. Listening to we other should shows. start working on okay. that. Okay. All right. We may, maybe we can work on that next or maybe tomorrow. Oh, you okay. just tell me when you're ready to listen. <laughs> okay. To the can you bring someone else you, in here to say them? Because it's so such hard. Such a jerk. <laughs> such a jerk. Back in a minute. The Glenn Back Program. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Navigating your finances can be really tricky work, especially the more assets you have. If you have a home, hmm, should I refi? When should I refi? This is the kind of thing that seems really complex. If you have high-interest credit cards, should I get a consolidation loan? What should I do? Well, that's where American financing comes in. For over 20 years, they've been helping people just like you make the same kind of financial decisions that actually will save you tons of money. Their mortgage consultants can do a free mortgage review for you over the phone and let you know what your options are. Never any obligations, no upfront or hidden fees. It's just sound financial advice from a company that cares. So please make the call to American Financing today. A loan with them can literally change everything. You could skip up to two mortgage payments and close in as little as 10 days. 
Go to American Financing at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn to get your membership to Blaze TV with the promo code Glenn. You'll save 10 bucks. I want to talk to you a little bit about The Great Reset. The book is available now wherever you buy your books. Uh, at um, You can find it at Amazon.com. Get the hardbound copy. Uh, I don't know the next time this will be available once we run out of paper this time because of the global paper shortage. All right. Um, let me tell you, the, the problem with fighting this um, at the state level is the bank lobbyists and business associations that absolutely are on the war path. If you think the Chamber of Commerce is actually your friend as a small business You'd be sadly mistaken, unfortunately, if you think the big banks that are getting billions in, sorry, trillions in bailouts from the Fed and the federal government are are doing what's right for you, the little guy. I think uh, you'll be sadly mistaken uh, when you find out the truth. Um, the bill in Idaho, and for instance, um, to stop the state from investing in these ESG entities like BlackRock using your retirement money, your money to basically kill anything that isn't uh, environmentally friendly. Uh, and that would mean uh, you farmers in Idaho. That would mean anyone who grows a tree in Idaho and wants to sell it. Uh, but also anybody who is against social justice uh, and anyone who doesn't have the right people in their business and on their board in governance. The the Republicans, many of them caved with pressure. Um, and and that's mainly because of political ambitions. Uh, and I'm not guessing that I've been told that by several people in the state that know Um a second reason, according to the sources on the ground, is that the governor and treasurer release their own divestment bill and work quietly behind the scenes to pressure people to go with their bill. We tried numerous times. And when I'm saying we, I don't mean me. I mean, there are several groups that are against um, the Great Reset. I'm, I'm just the guy telling you about it. I happen to go up to this state. I'll go to other states if invited to talk about it. Um, but... I'm not the guy involved in writing the bills at all. Uh, the Heartland Foundation really is taking the lead on this one. Uh, but the problem is, on this particular case, what the governor did, uh, along with the treasurer, uh, and they would not hear of changing it in any way or not, the governor and treasurer now are claiming credit for being against ESG without being against ESG. Because their bill is absolute garbage. It is truly garbage. Here's what it does. Nothing of importance. It makes it really easy for the state to continue to invest in ESG funds unless the state legislator or the uh, legislature or the governor specifically outlines that a certain investment activity is not in the best interest of the state and that investment will be disallowed. But it's left up to the governor and I don't think he really is part of the 
fight against uh, ESG, uh, or it takes a new law or resolution passed by the whole legislature to forbid a certain kind of investment. It would be easy to reverse this action in the future if some real ESG um, spines are elected. Uh, but there is no guarantee the policymakers now or in the future uh, will forbid uh, investment activities with with your money. And it appears the bill does not apply to state contracts, which really. OK, anyway, um, so that's what happened in Idaho. And I, I want to give you this because this is this is what's happening everywhere this is a an op-ed by the statesman which is the main paper up there it says last month now see if you think this is skewed at all or if it's a fair opinion last month political commentator glenn beck visited with a group of idaho legislators at the state capitol to talk about a number of things including the latest right-wing conspiracy surrounding esg investing good start good start okay esg is an investment strategy that stands for environmental social and governance it's a way for companies and individuals to invest in businesses that are perceived to be good stewards of the environment are socially responsible and have equitable corporate governance it's also a way to assess companies' exposures to risks such as climate change, financial mismanagement, corruption, or other unfair labor practices. Risks that could affect stock price and that investors would like to know about. That's all it is. Uh-huh. Not, it's, it, well, mm-hmm. listen, he called, the guy who wrote this, called a chartered financial analyst and portfolio manager. And oh. he said, I think ESG investing is good for investors. <gasps> oh, you were wrong. So you're wrong. Did they pull the copies of The Great Reset yet from the shelves? Uh, no. no? Uh, uh, which one? There. The one by Klaus Schwab that says exactly what my book says? N- no, uh, no. I was thinking no. of your book. Klaus okay, Schwab yeah. can stay out there. Okay. It gives investors, uh, both institutions and individuals, an option to invest in values-based ways. And people's values are different, but it gives them an option. You know, this is really great. Mm. And I think that if that's what this is, that is fantastic. So when are you going to come out with one? That uh, is like a values base for conservative people, because I'd like to do the same thing. That sounds fun. I'd love to invest in the companies that believe in the U.S. Constitution and and sovereignty and maybe don't bash God all the time or tell me that I'm white. Therefore, I don't count. So surely you've got another one coming out, right? And you'll be equally punishing the people who don't. Uh, adhere to that conservative philosophy right right Mm -hmm. esg has been around for a long time especially in europe but it's really caught on in the united states in the last few years yeah i noticed that but esg has become the latest boogeyman for the far-right conspiracy theorists like beck who thinks esg is a plot cooked up by the world economic forum and people like george soros no he He's the guy who started the World Economic Forum, but I don't think he's anyway to get everyone in the world to become politically correct. Uh huh. Step in line with what they call the climate alarmists and undermine American capitalism. No, uh, not. Well, I'm I'm very surprised here, Glenn, as I read (laughs) this, uh, because you said it was a conspiracy theory about the World Economic Forum. And when I I will say when I search Google, they must Mm -hmm. be in on it because the first link is about the Great Reset is a link directly to the World Economic Forum as they explain the Great Reset. 
Yeah, so it's, it's kind weird. of a weird. But he's got it wrong here. He says okay. it, it's uh, to undermine American capitalism. No, mm. it's not. It's to destroy it. It's to replace American capitalism. And you'll find that information at the World Economic Forum. <laughs> well, you should. Yeah, I mean, your your problem here is you didn't put any links to that in your book. You didn't tell anybody no, where they could get the information. No, there's like fifty. That, there's like fifty pages of footnotes that go directly to their own words. Oh, yeah, see, I didn't know that, but I'm sure this author knew it. Nah, because he he yeah. read the book, obviously. Yeah, so he he understands. Sure. Surely, um, all of this would be innocuous enough, except Beck persuaded Idaho legislators to get a resolution introduced this week, fast track through the committee, and actually passed in the House that describes the detrimental effects that ESG investing strategies have on I, uh, and on Idaho businesses and our values. Mm-hmm. The same day the House passed the anti-ESG resolution, House Republicans success, successfully shot down another really controversial resolution celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Sawtooth National Recreation uh, Area. Which one is more valuable for mm. a legislation to be working on yeah. exactly? I, I'm sure the memorial thing. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that's important. I, I actually like Republicans. Republicans that shot that down. Who cares? I mean, it's great. It's 50 years old. You want to have a party? Have a party. Why is the legislature doing yeah, anything? Order some it? pizzas. Right. <laughs> if you want. Yeah. Not not on the not, taxpayers. No, you pay dime. for no, them, obviously. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Maybe they have points. Yeah. You know, on their credit card they could use, but really no. This this thing goes on and on and on. But what I think is interesting is the pattern. Yeah, there's this pattern I think that we've seen develop with with CRT and with so many of these other stories that fit into that uh, sort of uh, world. Common Core, Common Core was the all same of these way. things. It starts off with you know conservatives start bringing this stuff up and then they just tell you it just doesn't exist. Yeah, it's Conspiracy either it's very obscure, theory. it's just a, some random teaching and like some obscure legal circles. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. Then it crosses over from there to okay, yes, it exists. But it's good, not bad. It's yeah. good. Not in the way you're misunderstanding it. Exists, but it. not in the way you think. Right. These are it's, all good things. These are really positive things, and we have to have them. And then after that, once we get past that stage and that fails, we go to we're going to start canceling people who bring it up. Yeah. You know, those people no longer should have jobs. Those people should know how to livelihoods. I mean, I should. Sh- now, I obviously support that in your case, but generally speaking, <laughs> people shouldn't get fired for their views. But that is the way it happens. Always. Yeah. That doesn't exist. That's a conspiracy theory. Okay. Yeah. But they're taking this there. It is a conspiracy theory, but it, it does exist. But nothing like what you say it is. Yeah. Okay. It is like that, but it's, it's good. It's good. We need that. That's an important thing. What you still don't agree with it. You need to be silenced. If you show up at that teacher meeting, you might be a terrorist. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the pattern. And this guy hits the beginning of the pattern right there. Conspiracy theory. And yet it's good. There's another pattern this fits. And I don't know this guy individually, you know, personally. So I'd love to. Let me generalize this a little bit here. So much, particularly of financial journalism, depends on access. And there's a huge access journalism problem with people who would report on this type of story. Who do you go to to see if this crazy Glenn Beck conspiracy is true? Well, they went to a local investor. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to spend the time to read the book and look at all the linked material from the source. That's way too much work. So what I'll do is I'll call my buddy who gave me the, 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 the latest IPO tip last week. And I'm going to uh, ask them, is this real? What is this? And a, and a, a person I trust told me that it's not a big deal. Okay. 
and we see this happen all the time. It's famous in sports journalism because you need access to these teams. So example from uh, this past weekend, the Philadelphia Eagles, as you know, America's team, uh, had uh, have not signed a lot of free agents in the free agency period. And a lot of their fans are complaining about this. And so what one of the things, one of the pushbacks against that from the team is this idea that, well, no, they're not signing a lot of these guys, but that's just because they re-signed a bunch of their players before free agency started. So they're spending money. They care. They want wins, but they already did it this way. Stunningly, over the weekend, every Eagles beat reporter that I follow came out with the same exact point. You know, you guys, what you guys aren't thinking about here is they re-signed all of their players before this started. Now, this is obviously coming from an Eagles PR person to these reporters who are regurgitating it. And it's not the worst point in the world. It's not, it's an interesting perspective. However, it's when you, your job depends on access to these people, you have to play these games and act as if these are your own random thoughts off the top of your head to convince people uh, to think about things in a different way. This stuff happens through journalism in every single area. So much of the news that you get comes not from so it's not what was that movie The Paper where they, the Washington yeah, Post yeah, was yeah, featured yeah. and they're like, you know, yeah, yeah. it's not Watergate. It's some PR person from the organization that's affected writing to the reporter and telling them what they want out there. That right. is how this stuff And develops. I think that happens on the major scale. I doubt this. I think this, this is might just, just be some guy. I called a local about. friend who's yeah. an advisor and I asked him what ESG was and he said, it's no big deal. It's been around in Europe. Yeah, it's been around in Europe because Trump couldn't cancel the Paris Accords in Europe. They are ahead of us. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but the, and that wasn't that the big conservative complaint for, I don't know, the last 50 years. We don't want to turn into Europe. Yeah. Like, yeah. And all of a sudden we're like, oh, do we, it's in Europe. We can be just like Europe if we do this. And it's all of a sudden a selling point. <laughs> did that start <laughs> all right let me tell you about uh life lock pretty much every day since al gore invented the super highway that we all drive on every day that information super highway there's been crime on that highway who would have thunk it well they're out there they're trying to get your personal information let's say it's in a it's in a digital truck and there's a digital bad guy truck right behind your truck with all the information well they're going to pull it over on the side of the highway and they're going to take all that stuff in the truck and put it in their bad guy truck and then say see you later sucker beep beep another one for al gore well if you listen every day usually in multiple different ways i find you uh, i find a way to say you should protect yourself from something that is coming um, this time you have multiple devices that has your truck on that information superhighway. No one can stop all of the traffic. Nobody can stop all of the trucks on that information because it's fast. But if something does go wrong, they actually have the uh, police force out to go looking for the bad guys and the people that can help put you right again. That's really important. LifeLock.com. LifeLock.com. Right now, you get 25% off your first year when you use the promo code BECK. LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. (laughs) 
This is the Glenn Beck Program. I'm glad you're here. So, uh, do we have the uh, do we have the video? Just play a little bit of this video here. Um, I just want you to listen. This With the number of international arrivals expected yeah. to grow 50% by 2030, oh, no. travelers need seamless ways to cross borders yes. that wow. also protect national security right. while protecting their personal data. Of course. Good. The known traveler digital identity, mm-hmm. or KTDI, is a public-private collaboration ah. that enhances security efforts Public while private. enabling a connected journey for today's international traveler. Who's behind this? The KTDI is the only global travel initiative of its kind. Oh my gosh. Travelers can share documentation and information yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. from one verified identity oh, that's great. with partners including government authorities, yeah. airlines and hotels. Huh. The KTDI allows travelers to play an active role in travel security efforts by sharing their information the proactively. Businesses Travelers always retain all control together. over what, when and with whom oh my they gosh, share their information. Each data element shared by the traveler uh-huh. is verified, accurate, and consistent every time. This is made possible by the technologies of distributed ledger, oh, cryptography. You know, can I and tell you something? Uh, we're running out of time, so you can't hear mm. the you can't hear all of it. But where do I uh, get one? Where do you get one? Yeah. Uh, will you? Uh, well, they're just promoting it now uh, to get everybody used to it. It's. Um, uh, sponsored by the World Economic Forum. Oh, cool! So, so I can go to know, their, any of their offices. Any of their <laughs> offices, and and uh, and you should sign up and give them a retinal scan. Oh yeah, they will make things so much faster. Yeah, nothing better than the retinal scan. Oh yeah. This is the Glenn Beck Program.